Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, folks. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Elder, Associate Chief Medical Officer of the Emergency Management uh, Section of LCMC Health, joins us. Doc, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Doc, I know you're here to talk about uh, EMS coverage uh, for the parade routes, and I can tell you as a former law enforcement official that worked parades for years and years and years and years, an absolute critical service, and I, I just want to say from the onset, we truly appreciate the effort that LCMC is making. Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. We'll be, we'll be out there with all the parades in Jefferson Parish on the West Bank, East Bank, Kenner, uh, and we'll be there for the duration. And I understand you will be covering the uptown routes as well as the mid-city routes in uh, New Orleans as well. Um, is this something that y'all have typically done every year? I know you've y'all been participating somewhat, but it, it seems as though this is a broader coverage. Yeah, so this year uh, in Orleans Parish, we're going to have crews with the Medical Reserve Corps with New Orleans, with the Health Department, with New Orleans EMS as well as some volunteers from, from our medical staff that will be working with the EMS and health department crews in the city along the parade route with the first aid stations. And so we'll have first aid stations along the uptown, uptown route as well as along the mid-city route for Endymion, and there'll be medical staff there. So if people in the crowd just need something, they can go directly to one of those stations, and then ultimately if they need EMS from there, the station can call for an ambulance. The Uptown route, uh, you guys will be at Louisiana Avenue in St. Charles, St. Andrew in St. Charles, the Circle at Howard Avenue, and Canal Street at, at St. Charles. Great coverage. Yeah, so, you know, we look forward to helping out. You know, we have a partnership with the New Orleans Health Department, with EMS, and, and with the Medical Reserve Corps. And so we're happy to help provide some of that coverage, some of those supplies, to, to care for the, the, the crowds. I mean, we know people want to go out there and have a good time, and sometimes you might have a little minor medical emergency or a minor medical issue, and uh, we just want to be there with, the, with, our, with our, you know, crowds and, and patients to support them, um, you know, throughout the whole season. And then for the Endymion Parade on uh, Saturday on the Mid-City route, um, the additional places will be North Hennessy and Orleans, North Broad and Canal, as well as the Circle at Howard Avenue. Yeah, correct. You know, obviously those are areas where we have really large crowds for Endymion. And so what they'll do is they'll shift some of the, some of the folks at the first aid stations along the Uptown Day Parades, move over along to Broad and North Hennessy uh, for Endymion, 
and that'll help supplement the New Orleans EMS coverage that'll be covering those really large crowds at the beginning and midway through in Dimian, where we see lots of people. We typically see lots of medical calls for service in those areas, and just having the additional first aid staff there will hopefully put some relief uh, for uh, the emergency medical services and the ambulances that the city will have uh, covering the parade. Uh, in Jefferson Parish, you guys will be at Bonneville and Vets, Melody and Vets, Severn and Vets, uh, the viewing stands at, at Causeway and Vets, Cleary and Vets, Homa Boulevard and Vets, and Martin Berman uh, and Vets. Um, a couple of those will be Mardi Gras Day only, which is Martin Berman, Cleary, and Melody. Again, great coverage. There are Kenner Parades, too, Chateau Drive and West Esplanade, Loyola and West Esplanade. Loyola and Vintage, and Vintage and Chateau Drive. And then on the West Bank, Lapalco and Westwood, um, First Aid Command Center at Ames and Lapalco, Ames and August Avenue, Ames and West Bank Expressway, and West Bank Expressway and um, Barataria. Doc, um, there was a recent article in uh, – the Enola.com talking about throws and injuries as a, as it relates to throws. Typically, what do y'all see at these uh, at these uh, centers um, where you're providing medical aid? You know, most of what we see, obviously, throughout Mardi Gras, the the carnival season, are, are the you know people who overindulge and a little too intoxicated. We see the usual kind of trips and falls. Occasionally, we'll see just you know, real extreme medical emergencies like heart attacks and strokes, just because you have such a large volume of people concentrated in one area, those things will happen. When it comes to the throws, you know, I think the big thing is people just need to kind of keep their head on the swivel when the, when the floats are coming by and just be on the lookout. We, we, every year we'll see some eye injuries. So somebody's not, doesn't see something coming at them. They get hit with uh, beads or the balloon right in the eye and they'll have some eye injuries. The other thing I'd like to remind everybody of is please don't throw back at the float. The riders don't always see things coming at them, and we've had injuries on the float from people throwing back towards the float. So I think the key there is just when the, when the floats are coming by, keep your head up, be on the lookout, see what's coming at you, and then please don't throw back at the floats. Uh, I, I see more and more kids uh, wearing protective eyewear um, that, you know, you, that uh, it's kind of designed for adults and construction crews. You know, if you're cutting a board or something, it, not a bad idea, right? No, absolutely not, especially if you have your kids up on the ladder, you know, on a seat. Um, you know, I think it's reasonable, right, because, I mean, they, they have things coming at them really fast, and you, you don't always see it. Um, so I think, you know, that's reasonable for the kids. Obviously, if they're in the ladders, the ladders have to be back from the curb as tall as the ladder is. So if it's a six-foot ladder – you need that ladder to be back at least six feet from the curb because if the ladder was the fall, we don't want a kid to go right into the the street right in front of a float. Um, you know, those are horrible things, and we just don't want to see any of that. And so the key is, obviously, keep the ladders back. Keep your eye on the kids. You know, we don't want to see people darting out in front of floats to get beads, in between floats to get beads, and we don't want to see any injuries from that. You know, I, I kind of learned as a rider, too, when I threw beads to kids, I wouldn't throw, like, the, the purple bead and the green bead because at night, especially at, during the day, not a problem, but at night you can't see it unless you're in a well-lit area. 
And uh, the Uptown route, as opposed to the Veterans route, I think the Veterans route, you have a lot better lighting than the Uptown route. It's hard to see. And, you know, they don't see it till it actually hits them in the face. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's tough. And, And every year we see, you know, kids and adults that unfortunately have injuries because of that. I think the other thing, just to remind the riders, too, is, you know, when you have those big bags of beads, open up the bags, break up the beads a little bit. Throwing those big, heavy bags at people can also cause problems. And, uh, you know, we want everybody to have a good time. We don't want anybody to have to use any of our medical services during Mardi Gras. You know, we want you to go home after having a good time, not have to spend time in the emergency department. I got to tell you, as I get older, I think I'm becoming more and more a Mardi Gras wuss. I used to love to catch those big bags of beads, but now I might rip my arm off my body. You do what you can to survive. I find my, that my reflexes are gone. I mean, that's like it was like the first thing to go, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't no, even remember. You, you, you got to keep your head on a swivel. It's coming at you, especially when somebody that you know is on that float. The beads are going to come. Yeah, it's like don't like me that much, right? <laughs> just <laughs> throw me, throw me the plush yeah. animals. Don't, don't throw me the heavy stuff. Yeah. Doc, final thoughts? Yeah, you know, just remind everybody. Look, stay safe out there. If you're out there with your kids, take a picture every day of the kids with their clothes. So in case you do get separated, you can show it to a police officer. Remind your kids if they get lost to go to a uniformed police officer if they need help along the route. You know, drink in moderation. Uh, just be safe out there. And I want everybody to have a good time. We don't want you to have to come visit us in the emergency department uh, because something happened on the route. I did want to ask you this. We, we're probably going to have cooler temperatures. And with that, people tend to not hydrate as much. It's still important, though, right? Absolutely. So it's important that people stay hydrated, not just with the alcoholic beverages. You know, you really should be drinking, you know, water, Gatorade, Powerade, other non-alcoholic beverages. Um, even if you're having, enjoying a cocktail on the route, uh, please stay hydrated with non-alcoholic beverages. You know, when it is cool, layer up. So if you have to take off, you know, some of the layers when it gets warmer, I think that's really, you know, important as well. You know, last year, Mardi Gras Day ended up being a little bit hotter than I think people were realizing. And so we had a lot of calls for people that were just overheated. And so please, you know, keep an eye on the weather, know what it's going to look like that day, and then just, you know, stay hydrated throughout. Yeah. Uh, I, I see, I've seen a lot of people just kind of fall out because they forget to drink water. They forget to hydrate. The temperatures are cooler, and they don't think it's important, but it, it really is, especially if you're exerting yourself in a way that you typically don't, right? Oh, exactly. You know, people spend a long time on the right, right? You're out there for hours. And so it's just important that you, you know, eat a good meal before you get out there um, and then make sure you just stay hydrated because you're going to be out in the elements, whether it's cool or it gets a little bit warmer. Um, just stay hydrated. So please tell me that king cake is a, is a good meal. <laughs> no. You know, I think no? for the next two weeks it's a good meal. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot that way, Doc. <laughs> We really appreciate you joining us. Always appreciate your time, your insight. Dr. Jeffrey Elder, Associate Chief Medical Officer of of the Emergency Management Section at LCMC Health. Have a great Mardi Gras, Doc. Thanks a lot. You too. 
We will be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by A.C. Cooper, president of the Louisiana Shrimp Association. A.C., welcome to the show. How you doing, dude? Thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You know, A.C., just last evening uh, with some folks that we typically have crawfish boils with during the Mardi Gras season, someone was saying, what are we going to do? I said, it's easy. We'll boil shrimp. You know, oh, that's a that's, that's a good alternative. You know, you, you you get a lot more meat out of it. You eat a lot more, and, and you're gonna get a lot fuller. So yeah, that, I, I appreciate that. That's really good. Everybody needs to take a hold of that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I like we, we we've heard about the challenges that the crawfish industry is having as a result of, uh, of the drought, uh, but this is an opportunity to to help another sector of the seafood industry, right? Oh, yeah, correct. That's right. You know, you still got a lot of product out there. Just get to the coast or somewhere where you know there's fresh product and, and look, help us out, man. We need help all, all we can get the way things have been going. It's been What's really the bad. status of the shrimp industry right now, AC? Oh, it's not too good, no. You know, we're getting less now than we was when the last time I talked to you. Um, 78 is in the smallest shrimp we're only getting 30 cents for. You know, it's getting to a point where I don't know if we're going to continue to have this industry. You know, these older guys is getting ready to get out because there's no money in the industry. Um, we've got a lot of legislation that's going to be passed this year. I think we're going to have a good a good uh, legislative session. We've got some bills going to go in to try to correct some of the problems that we have. So, you know, we got a good outlook. I'm just scared. Is it too little, too late? You know, I just, we should have done this four or five years ago, but it would have really helped us out. Yeah. What What is the the the, the primary issue uh, that's creating this challenge? Well, you, you know, 80% of our, our shrimp goes to the Russian level um, whenever it was right. But now that the imports come in and they're cheaper, you know, a lot of them is choosing cheap, Cheap shrimp over good shrimp, and and that's a problem. You know, with with all the imports coming in this year, they're scheduled to bring in a little over two billion pounds of shrimp into the United States. And you know, when you do that, we only consume one point five. How how do they expect us to have have leeway to make a living at it? You know, it's a very costly industry. Uh, our equipment is very high. We have to make money 
in order to keep moving. If not, you're going to have people going out with faulty equipment. Uh, people are going to get hurt. People are just going to get out of the business. I, I got I got some now in my family that decided that, that he'd be better off getting a job. He went and got his captain's license. He's on a job, my son. You know, So, so you just broke a, a whole culture of, of family, of fishermen, that where somebody has to go get a job in order to survive, and you got to do what's best for your family. You know, you can't sit here and hope that it's going to get better and you don't see no no changes coming. So it's, it's, it's to a point now that if we don't get legislation in Washington, which I just came back from Washington last Friday uh, dealing with a bunch of issues with the congressmen, and, and they understand the issues. they really starting to understand the issues. It's just wherever you heard of it, it takes an act of Congress to get things changed. Well, that's where we're at. Um, if we don't do it in the state with this new governor, this new governor I think is really going to help us because I went to him a couple of times already, and he did help us. So legislation that's going to be passed this year is really going to be monumental for us. If it don't, if it don't happen, then it can be really bad. But if it does happen, it could it could possibly change the change the issue. AC, what's the reluctance on the national level? They 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 engage in programs with rice production, wheat production, soy production. Um, and, and a number of other commodities, why not shrimp? Well, well, and look, the United States says the military has to buy domestic. Um, our schools are being, our kids are being sold these cheap shrimp that's full of antibiotics and all, whenever they have the opportunity to to help us out and buy it and sell it to our schools. Mm-hmm. Our old folks home, it can go, it, this, this can be really big for us. If, if we can get the right people in the right place to listen to us and start moving our product instead of letting them sit in the cold storage for a year, it, it, it'd be a big change because it it has to be a revolving door. You know, you, you, you're getting product every year. So it's a perishable item. If we don't sell it, then eventually it gets bad. So it has to continue the chain of selling it and demand. It has to be there. If you don't have the demand to get it out, then it's never going to go nowhere. So it's a good alternative to where the crawfish is right now. Go out and buy some shrimp, man. It, you know, we still got shrimp out there and they're good. You ain't going to get no better. Uh, you know, because people are so used to eating crawfish at this time of the year is, is where it's at. Uh, we just didn't get to that level with our shrimp. It, I don't know why it didn't take off like that, but it just never did. Yeah. Well, it's going it, to it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I, I just don't, you know, I get back to citizen privilege and, and our privilege here of what we're producing here and and why we would give preferential treatment to imports as opposed to what we're producing right here, uh, our own folks. It doesn't make Correct. any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Whenever you, you know you're talking about countries that's dirty countries, third world countries that this stuff is coming from, you don't know what's in these shrimp until, you know, it, it, even is it too late after you eat it long enough and something happens, you know, they, 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 are, they never they link the problem to the people that got sick, but... My lobbyist, I just, I just come to Washington. She went and ate, and uh, she ate shrimp, and she was sick all night. But the connection has never been there. And she knows it was the shrimp because she was fine before that, and then she ate. And then after that, she was sick all night. So it just really never connected the dots of what's going to really happen on long term. We're not talking short term. We're talking about long term. And, you know, we just we just filed uh, anti-dumping. The process filed anti-dumping on uh, four countries and for dumping on us. And they're going to have to start putting up tariffs in March and try to raise the prices of theirs up to the level where we can survive. So, And they worried because a lot of shrimp come in here and they're going to start having to put money up. So they just they just ask for leniency from the federal government 
because they don't know if they can pay all the tariffs. But look, they didn't give us no leniency to get to this point. So we don't think that they should even leeway, give any leeway to any country because of what's going on. AC, I know a couple of years ago there was an issue relative to testing, and um, there would seem to be a, a reluctance on the part of the USDA to do a more robust testing program relative to the importation of shrimp. Where do we stand today? Well, we're still at 2%. Um, I, we just come from Washington. When I did, um, one of the things we asked him is, is if we can work with uh, Congressman Graves. You know, he, he's been a real ally for us. And one of the things we'd like to see is if we can get an endeavored agreement with the federal government for our state to start testing. That way, if it comes here and we can start testing it, then we have laws in the state where we can take it and destroy it. It would really be a big a big factor because as of the task force, I'm chair of the Louisiana Shrimp Task Force, uh, we put up $50,000 to start the testing. And the health department is starting to do the testing now. We had to go through a couple uh, couple meetings in order to get the guidelines of where we wanted to be at and what we wanted to test for. You know, the European Union tests us for like 37 different drugs. The United States tests us for like six. So what is, what is the problem here? And, and, and you're not in the uh, European Union. They can take the product. If it tests us bad, they can take it and destroy it. And we just give it back to them, and they put it on the ship, and they go somewhere else to unload it. So, you know, there's a lot of things that factor in that needs to be changed and needs to be addressed. It's just big. Well, and that's why I guess there's the pressure to bring more to the United States, because they know they can't gain entry into the European Union market, right? Correct. China, China, uh, Canada is the same, the same thing. You know, they started testing around 2%, I mean 5%, then they went to 10 Now they're at 40 50%. They have to test because they see the, the, how bad it really is. You know, uh, Kennedy just had a hearing up there about the SEMP program and when, when tried to get money from from the IRS, which I don't think that was a good idea because that's Biden's pet fee. You know, you're not going to get Biden's money out of the IRS. Um, there's, there's other monies that you can get, but he hit right on the head. You know, the testing, I think he said what they do test 400% of what they tested was bad. So that tells you if, if you let 98% come in and you're not testing at all, what is the number of the bad stuff? That would help us tremendously. That would take a lot out of the system right there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the reluctance. I, I, I'm just completely mystified, uh, as, as to what we're doing here, I mean, when we when we think about all of the other public health issues that we have gone um, to to the four corners of the world on, why wouldn't we do this one? Well, you know, the, the United States always hollers food safety and all this. You know, it, this is bigger than what anybody could imagine. I mean, we're just talking about one one product. God only knows what's coming in that's not being tested at, at the level that it needs to be tested at. You know, our government just is, is failing all the way around on the food safety. There's no two ways about it. You know, there's a lot of talk about climate this, climate that, you know, uh, green this, green that. Most, most of this product that we're bringing in is from countries that don't give a damn about any of that, right? Not at all. They don't listen to the laws of the United States, and that's that's one of the biggest issues. You know, we have to contend with all these laws and regulations in order to keep moving, and yet they don't abide by that. They get few subsidies. I think they only. Uh, I just got word they only pay a, a dollar fifty for diesel fuel, and then the government subsidizes them for the rest. So if we can get a subsidize on on our fuel. 
that would help tremendously too. But we can't get that because it's illegal. But we follow the guidelines of, of the of the of the world economy, and but yet they don't do it. So how can we hold our standards and they don't hold theirs? Is is one? It's just mind boggling of how we run this country at this point in time. Well, I you know, I, simply put, my preference would be I want to eat local shrimp. I don't want to eat imported shrimp, plain and simple. Well, <laughs> and, and think, you're right. A lot of people like that. And I think everybody, I, I think if you gave the choice to most folks, uh, I have a good friend of mine. When we go to lunch, he can tell me right away whether or not it's imported shrimp or, or Louisiana shrimp. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, and, and we'll ask, is, you're serving imported shrimp, huh? And they're like very reluctant to say yes or no. But most of them admit it, yeah. Well, of, you know, we you need know. to get that change a little bit, new. Um, at, at the restaurant level, we had to uh, try to pass legislation last year to raise the fines up on the restaurants, and uh, they, they shot me down, which we had talked about once before. And when we had a, we wound up getting a, a health a committee uh, in the health department, and uh, and the health with, with Senator Mills, and when we started having a hearing. Look, they they took it from a non-critical violation and they made it a critical violation. That that was a big step in itself. But there's no fines behind it. They can get caught three times, the fourth time. If they have to make the fourth time, then it costs them fifteen hundred dollars for a reinspection fee. But it's just not quite where we need to be to make them to make them realize what they have to do to, to stay on track with the law. The law is there. Just just enforce it. Has there been an effort, AC, to do a grading system, kind of like beef with prime, choice, and um, select, or whatever the other grade is? Well, that's the USDA. You know, we, we do have some in the state that we that that, that does it. You know, if it's, a, if it's a fresh raw product that comes off the boat that's overnight, then, you know, it, it's a little different standard. But Normally, when we sell the docks and they go to the processing plant, it's just one big bulk because they send it all together. But when we retail and 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 go to some of these some of these restaurants are doing the right thing. You know, they buy it from the local fishermen. They buy it from and making sure that they are domestic. Because if you're in a restaurant, you can ask the, the distributor if you have domestic and get domestic. You know, there's no two ways about it. But that, back in the day, we used to have a lot of issues with them mixing it. But we don't have that much issues with them today mixing it because they, you know, it's, a, it, it's serious fine. But, but most of them are all doing the right thing. But you you can you can get a good product. There's no two ways about it. But there's no really system that says that we can have a top number one grade and number two grade. It's not it's not there. And that may yeah. be something to look at. And you know, if you just if if the price of crawfish is at a point where it's it's crazy or beyond, just buy fewer crawfish and buy more shrimp. Hey, Cook them you, both. You, you, you eat a pound of shrimp and you're going to be full. You eat a pound of crawfish and you're not going to be full. But look, we all love crawfish. There's no two ways about it. It's just, no, it's just no, no, no. That, that's the true. Time. It's just something that you just a, a heritage. Of, you know, it's something that just goes on. You know, we all love crawfish. My wife will yeah, kill for them. Yeah, no, AC, I'm a 15 pound guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna eat fifteen deep pound of shrimp, no. <laughs> no, I know I'm not. <laughs> but when it comes to crawfish, and I'm about a six dozen guy with raw with raw oysters, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I love the oysters too. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> Anything fresh out the water is good with me. Absolutely, AC. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck to you. We'll be checking in with you periodically. Uh, appreciate your time and your insight, and, and keep so up dude, the great thank, work. Thank, 
thank you for putting this on there and getting this word out. Because look, that's what it's going to take. Education, education. That you need to know what you're eating. That's that's the key. Absolutely. AC Cooper, President, Louisiana Shrimp Association. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, folks, somebody finally got the message about the culture of noncompliance. Mayor Latoya Cantrell's administration announces that they will ticket and arrest vendors with no permit that are selling their wares throughout the city, but more importantly, on Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras. According to the NOLA.com, Sophie Kasakov writes an article that says, as carnival season cranks into full gear, vendors on Bourbon Street are being threatened with jail time for operating without a license. The latest tactic in an effort by Mayor Latoya Cantrell's administration to crack down on un permitted street activities on the city's main tourist drag. This has all been done and stimulated by the city attorney's office, and in fact, municipal court officials are issuing orders to unpermitted vendors instructing them to keep their wares from shots to marijuana products to trinkets out of the French Quarter or face up to five months in jail. One Bourbon Street vendor was arrested in mid-January already with violating a stay-away order in connection with his pull-up bar business. Can you believe this? According to the New Orleans Police Department, they've been promising these sweeps that would occur on a regular basis. They really haven't uh, done so, but according to Karen Boudry, the spokesperson for the NOPD, they uh, they still intend to do regular sweeps. Uh, and they are working with other agencies in order to be able to bring uh, this about. Most recently in municipal court, these folks are just saddled with a small fine, cost of doing business. They keep they keep all of their wares and they just move on to another area of the city. That's not going to work. Of course, these folks think that this is unfair. These vendors who pay no sales, they don't collect sales tax, they don't, They don't have a health department certificate. They're not paying occupational license tax. They don't have um, insurance. You don't know what you're consuming. You don't know whether or not there's any QA, QC here. Uh, You have no one to go after if you get uh, deathly ill or sick as a result of the product that's being sold or anything else. They think it's unfair. Everybody else has to play by the rules, but 
they think it's unfair for them to have to play by the rules. In fact, according to the article, uh, the city is saying they are going to fully prosecute these quality of life issues that are really becoming problematic in the French Quarter. I've been saying that for years. Thankfully, somebody's waking up. So the vendors and their supporters, on the other hand, say that the threat of arrest is an extreme punishment. Really? For activities that they argue are part of what brings visitors to the famed nightlife strip. This is the problem, folks. That is a transaction. You need to charge sales tax. You are shirking and stealing from the city and the citizens of of New Orleans for not engaging in a business practice that's required by law. I know what you're trying to say, that code word culture. No, this is not our culture. I brought this up the other day in an interview with one of the council members when we talked about New Orleans is different. I disagreed. I said, no, New Orleans is not different. We have a government. We have a set of rules and ordinances. If we don't want to have those rules and ordinances, then take them off the books. But that is our expression of what we desire as the citizenry of the city of New Orleans that we're not going to put our local businesses at a disadvantage against anyone who thinks just because it works in their best interest to go sell their wares, their alcohol or whatever it may be, it's good for them, therefore it's got to be good for everybody else. Bullshit. That's not how it works. It's BS. And it's not going to impede or minimize the fun the culture, the environment on Bourbon Street, not one iota. In fact, most people will be thankful for not being hassled by vendor after vendor after vendor as they walk down the street. Because the folks that have a half a lick of cents, they're not buying these products off of these individuals there. They're going into the legitimate businesses who pay taxes, who follow the rules down there on Bourbon Street, and they have a huge investment. You ever seen what the rents are on Bourbon Street? They are crazy. And we wonder why business owners are upset that you can just get a wagon and walk down the street and start selling you goods. Get a license, conduct your business, get a permit. And if everybody decided that they wanted to open a business in the city of New Orleans and they just went to Bourbon Street and did so, it would be mayhem. And in many days, it is mayhem. It's a joke. So, no, we're not different. We're the same. We have a government structure, we have rules, we have laws. The question is, is what is our priority? Do we have the priority of enforcement or not? And do we want to see these businesses flourish? They're the ones reinvesting in our city. These fly-by-night folks that are coming down on Bourbon Street and in the French Quarter to take advantage of everything that that the city has to offer all of the hard work of the city administration, the council, 
and others, the NOPD, everybody included, they want to exploit all of that hard work, but they don't want to play by the rules. Those rules are for other people. They're not for these people. Because they really feel like they're contributing something to the culture of our city. They're contributing an environment of illegality. Let's call it for what it is. You're engaging in an illegal activity. And guess what else, Guess what happens as a result of that? It's like a cancer. We end up seeing drugs. We end up seeing rock gut liquor. There's no QA, QC. People are getting sick. We get a couple of cases like that, and then we have a national stain on our city that we work so hard each and every day to try and lure tourists and others that are here. No one would walk into a boardroom of a business and say that we should allow bucket beaters outside of the most iconic restaurant that's known worldwide and think that that's a good idea. Who would make that decision? Think about it for a moment. Who would make the decision to say, we're going to allow people to go sell whatever wares they, they have, don't know what they're made out of, don't, don't have anything, no permit, we don't know who they are, but we're just going to allow them to wander freely throughout the streets of the city of New Orleans and sell whatever the hell they want to sell. I'm sure that when you invested here, when the business owners invested here, they did not think that they were investing in a third world country. But that's what you see in a third world country. And if that's what you want, move to a third world country. Because i got to imagine that the vast majority of people here don't want a third world country. And I got a great text here, and I think, and I'm glad they pointed out. Uh, I've talked to Council Member Freddie King about this many times. Uh, he tends to be a man of action. I want to thank him. Hallelujah. Maybe this is the beginning of something great. We will be right back. Stay with us. And I did want to thank the Cantrell administration as well uh, on uh, this most recent happenstance. Things are looking up in 2024. Hopefully they consistently engage in this enforcement effort. And you'll see things turn around quickly. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.